All right, today we are looking at Mark 12. Yeah, yeah, we're going to pray. Okay, let's, uh, let's pray and then we'll talk about our chapter here. So, Kido Hapshida. Our Father in Heaven, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for your great uh, love. Thank you, Lord, for your help and your guidance in all things. Uh, we pray this morning that your spirit and your blessing would be with us as you have promised. May you guide us to learn well about your teachings and to understand your words. Help us to see how these words affect our lives from day to day and help us to know much better about your perfect will for us and also your mind towards us. For this we thank you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so we left off last time on Mark 12 and from verse 13. We had finished already the story about the, or the parable of the vineyard, right, and the vineyard owner. And in this section we'll start by looking at uh, a question that was asked to Jesus regarding the paying of taxes or paying to Caesar, paying the taxes to Caesar. And then we'll look at the question of marriage, some of the Sadducees bring up, um, and then the greatest commandment. Hopefully, we can get through these items in this chapter today, um, but we will see how the time goes. So, uh, starting then from verse 13, maybe ji Young can read for us. Uh, later, they send some of the Pharisees mm -hmm. and the Herodians to Jesus to catch him in his words. They came to him and said, Teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men because you pay no attention to who they are, but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Is it right to pay taxes to Kaiser or not? Should we pay or shouldn't we? But Jesus knew their hypocrisy. Why are you trying to try me? He asked. Bring me a denarius. denarius and let me look at it. They brought the coin and he asked them, Whose portrait is this and whose inscription? Caesar's. 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 <laughs> uh -huh. They replied. Then Jesus said to them, Give to Caesar's what is Caesar's and to God what is God's and they were amazed at him all right yeah thank you so Caesar is the uh, basically the ruler of the Roman mm -hmm. Empire okay so we have we have this uh, political ruler Caesar and of course his his uh, face is on the money right even today we do that we put some great political leader uh, we put their name or their face on the money and so these uh, Pharisees, these teachers of the law, they came to Jesus and they wanted to catch him in his words. Right? They wanted to trap Jesus in what he was saying. And who did they bring besides just the Pharisees? Who else came? Yeah, from verse 13. From verse 13, uh, it mentions two uh, groups of people who came to see Jesus. Okay, uh, so the Herodians came along with the Pharisees 
And the Herodians basically uh, were people who were close followers of, uh, of Herod. He was also one of the Roman uh, governors uh, in this area of Judea. Herod was the guy who was kind of overseeing things there. Uh, he was also known as King Herod. So you have these Herodians who are basically supporting the government and political matters, political issues, and then we have the Pharisees. And so in a way they're kind of, they're kind of joining together and the Pharisees are hoping to catch Jesus in this matter. They ask him a, a religious question and a political question. They say, who should we pay? Uh, should we pay God or should we pay Caesar? Right. Uh, so they want to catch him and they, they have people from both groups there. People from the church, the Pharisees, and people from the state, these Herodians. Right? And so in a way they want to kind of mix uh, the ideas of church and state and they want to catch Jesus in his words. They have planned this event. And when they come to Jesus, they said, Oh teacher, we know you are a man of integrity. You aren't swayed by men or moved um, in, your, in your words or your opinion um, because you pay no attention to who they are but you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth um, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not so they kind of like uh, say some smooth words to Jesus right and they, they say oh teacher right we know that you're sent from God we know that you're a very true sincere teacher uh, and you always just uh, speak, you know, what, what you know is true. You're not uh, persuaded by men. So they try to come like they're innocent, and this is some, you know, just innocent uh, question, but actually they have some plan to trap Jesus in his words. Yeah. If they can get Jesus to uh, say something against the government, you know, then they can, then they can go and, and tell the government leaders. Plus there's the Herodians here already. They can say, well, Jesus is saying bad things about the government. So maybe the, um, the political leaders and the authorities will be uh, trying to catch Jesus if he says something bad about the government. And if Jesus says something good about the government, but he says, oh, we don't need to pay tithes, you know, like Moses says, well, then they can trap him on a religious side of the question, right? And they'll say, oh, see, Jesus doesn't follow the teachings of the scripture. Jesus doesn't support the writings of Moses. So the Pharisees would attack him from that angle. And they would tell the people, oh, look what Jesus said. So they really want to twist his words, and they want, to, they want him to say something that they can use against him. Right? So this is not an honest question or inquiry. Right? Uh, they, they want to catch Jesus. But Jesus, he knows immediately their sin or their hypocrisy. Yeah, he knows what they're trying to do. And so he says, why are you trying to trap me? Um, bring me a denarius and let me look at it. Now, a denarius was a coin, right? Sometimes I think it's, it's pronounced uh, denarii, but the way it's translated here, we can read it as denarius. Anyway, there's this coin, and Jesus takes a look. He says, okay, whose picture is that? Oh, it's Caesar's picture, right? Jesus says, you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but give to God what belongs to God. Right? So Jesus, you know, he doesn't say either way. He just says, well, whatever belongs to God, you give it to him. So if you owe tithe, you should pay it to God. And, you know, that, that's Caesar's coin, right? So you need to give to Caesar what belongs to him. Tithe. Tithe. 
Maybe yeah. I, I think she Yeah, good point, good point. Mm. Some of us don't know what tithe is here. Mm. Yeah, that's the 10%. Christians pay usually like 10% of, yeah. of the income belongs to God. Mm. Even Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they paid tithe. You can read in the Old Testament. And so God's people uh, throughout history, even in the time of Moses, they paid it to the sanctuary and it went to the Levites. That, that money, 10%, was to support the Levites. And even the Levites paid tithe. Yeah, even if they were a priest, they should also pay tithe. And it just goes back into the treasury for God's work. Right? So everyone, whether they were a priest or whether they were just um, a member of God's people, uh, they, everyone paid a tithe. Right? And God used that money to support His work. So He says, this money is mine, 10% is mine. And we call it tithe. Yeah. When I am concerned about tithe, mm -hmm. uh, all of uh, income uh, 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 to my in my house, mm -hmm. or just uh, I uh, only on by myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, basically, the tithe was based on increase. So, however, God had blessed us with any type of increase. Uh, then we would we would tithe from that. So if money came from different sources, whether we earned it, you know, working at one place, or someone gave us something, you know, even a, even a gift of like a lot of money or something, uh, then whatever that amount, we can we can pay a tithe on that. Give ten percent. Christian. He's not a Christian. Yeah. 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 But even though he. Uh, he isn't Christian, uh -huh. but uh, do I pay for uh, the tithe, tithe of his income? Uh -huh. So the best way I, th I think would be uh, to talk to him about it, how you feel, uh -huh. and show him God's blessing that's promised for those who pay tithe. In Malachi, I believe it's uh, 3, I think it's in chapter 3 of Malachi, it says uh, about how God will bless those who pay faithfully mm -hmm. the tithe. Uh, so I think you can speak to your husband about that and see how he feels. You know, if 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 he's willing to allow you to just pay the tithe, you know, maybe then maybe he willing to give out um, some money, but yeah. not uh, exactly the ten percent. I think. Uh huh. So I think yeah yeah yeah. It's difficult uh, in your home when the husband and wife are not on the same page, right? So if there cannot be an agreement about that then I think whatever money falls within your own, you know, uh, care, okay, then you can pay the tithe on that. But maybe, maybe... He's more glad. God is more glad the kind of things. Yeah, we give what we, give what we can, what is our responsibility to take Basically. care of. Basically, mm. if I give uh, some money. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Even God. though he's rich, then he stopped. Even though it's what? Is a riddle than his thought. Uh, more than, or less than. Mm, less than. Than what we would expect. Uh, yeah, we should we should give faithfully what what we can. Like first of all, we should give ten percent. We shouldn't uh, shortchange God, right? Uh, we need to give ten percent. Is there yeah. any special meaning ten percent? Uh, just that uh, this is always the amount that God had Who asked for. Who decided that percent? Who decided? Mm -hmm. uh, we don't see any direct instruction in the Bible where God said before, like previously in very ancient times, we don't see where God specifically said 
10%, uh, but we can see that this is the amount um, that Abraham gave and also his, uh, his children gave, the same amount, 10%. And then we, we do see that in the laws of Moses, in the writings of Moses, uh, that 10% was the amount of the tithe. Even the word tithe means that. So this was, this, this was kind of understood among God's people that God is asking us for 10% that belongs to Him. Yeah. So whatever we pay beyond that amount is called offering. Right? That's an offering. But um, the first 10% that we give to God each time it, is There are commentaries about, uh, about tithes in the Ten Commandments? Not in the Ten Commandments, no. Uh, it's not mentioned there, but at other places in the in the laws of God, like the I, when I say the law, I mean the five books of Moses. You have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Um, these were known as as the law, uh, because we can find the writings of of instruction or God's law for the people, not just the Ten Commandments, but in a larger aspect. Mm. Right? Yeah, the Ten Commandments are the heart of God's law, His moral law, mm. moral law. But there's other, you know, um, teachings and regulations that, that God had given to His people. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so, yeah, tithe is a very interesting study. Sometime we'll have to do a whole Bible study on that too. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they asked Jesus, right? And He just says, "Well, you give to God what is His, and you give to Caesar what is His." And so the people were just amazed, and the Pharisees were amazed. Uh, as well as the Herodians. You know, what could they say about that? It was, his answer was filled with wisdom and it was true. Okay, whatever belongs to God, you give it to Him. Give your soul to God. Uh, give your obedience, give your allegiance, give your faithfulness to God, right? And then be a good citizen as well. If we live in some country somewhere, uh, we should be a good citizen. We should pay our, ta our taxes. Uh, even Jesus paid taxes. You know, even Jesus paid taxes. Uh, we can read about that in the Gospels. It talks about how uh, he had to uh, pay or he gave a tax. I believe this is in Matthew 17, verse 25. Let's take a look for just a minute. Matthew 17. Okay, this is right before Mark. Yeah, Matthew 17 and verse 25 and 27. Uh, someone had asked... Uh, does your teacher pay the temple tax? Well, here it says temple tax. And it says here, uh, verse 25, Yes, he does, he replied. When Peter came into the house, Jesus uh, was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked? From whom do the kings of the earth collect duties and taxes? From their own sons or from others? And in verse uh, 27 he says, But so that we may not offend them, go to the lake and throw out your line, Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Yeah. So Jesus was talking with Peter, and Peter needed to pay his tax, and Jesus needed to pay his tax. And so he says, all right, take this coin and go and pay. Um, what is drachma? Drachma? It's an old type of coin, uh, like a, yeah, like in the Roman Empire. So it's not something that we would use today. But it basically it's just a coin. It's a type of money. Um, 
So in this case, there was a great miracle. Um, Jesus told Peter to go fishing. And when he caught the first fish, he says, you open its mouth and you will find in its mouth a coin. And he did. He found the money. You know, fish always like to eat something very shiny. And apparently, there was some coin that this fish ate. But Jesus knew, okay, when you catch this fish, you'll find a coin in his mouth. When yeah. you sell the fish, he, that means when you sell the fish, he can gain. No, actually. Just in his mouth? Yes. Within, with inside of this fish, Peter found them enough money to pay for their taxes. It was a miracle also from God uh, that Peter was able to catch this fish and it had money. Yeah. So. It was enough to pay for their taxes. It was enough to pay. Um, so quite a, an amazing story also. Uh, you know, Jesus did so many miracles and amazing things. Uh, and it built the faith of his disciples. You know, it helped Peter to have a stronger faith in God. And especially in Jesus Christ. How could he know about this experience? Um, so basically we can see the evidence where Jesus also paid tax. Yeah, he paid that. So uh, the book, or sorry, the, what is it? the book of Romans, okay, in the Bible, the book of Romans teaches us how uh, we should be responsible citizens in some government. We should pay our taxes. We should do things that are good, you know, in the community. Uh, the Bible does teach Christians that we should do that. We should not be irresponsible or neglect to pay, you know, taxes. That's important to, to do that. Be a good citizen, basically. Yeah, we belong to God, okay, we, we belong to God's kingdom, but also we live in the world, we live in a country somewhere, we should be a good citizen, because it also says many good things about God. God's people are not uh, people who go around causing problems. You know, God's people are not lazy people. Uh, God's people are not those who have no respect or care for the government that they live in, or the land that they live in. We should care about those things. Uh, so the Bible teaches clearly to do so. Yeah. Okay, well let's move on to the next story. Um, we just looked at this idea of paying taxes. Uh, Jesus did teach separation of church and state, give to God what is his, give to Caesar what is his. Alright, next story. Marriage and the resurrection. Looking from verse 18. Can you read it for us? Betty. Mm -hmm. What's the meaning? Marriage? Hmm. Well, okay, when you read it, you'll see what, what it is. You know marriage. But marriage at the resurrection, what's the meaning? Uh, okay, basically they're saying after the time of the resurrection, uh, okay, what does the Bible say about marriage? The subject of marriage. Yeah, yeah. By the way, the the subtitles that we read that we see in the Bibles here, these are not original titles. I mean, you as the gospel writers wrote, okay, you would not find like a title here, a title there, in the original Greek manuscript. Okay. But that's added by translators and uh, by Bible editors. Okay. Then the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to him with a question. Teacher, they say, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife uh, but no children, the man must marry the widow 
and have children for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married and died without leaving any children. The second one married the widow, but he also died, leaving no child. He was the same with the third. In fact, none of the seven left any children. Uh, less of all, the woman died too. Uh, at the resurrection, whose wife will she uh, will she be? Mm -hmm. Since the seven were married to her, Jesus replied, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the <coughs> dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Uh, marriage. They will be like uh, the angels in heaven. Okay, let's stop there for just a minute. And then I'll, I'll read the next two verses and we'll talk about it. Okay, in verse 26, Jesus continued. He said, Now about the dead rising, have you not read in the book of Moses, <coughs> in the account of the bush, how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, <coughs> the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. You are badly mistaken. Okay, so w which group of people is Jesus talking to here in this, uh, in this passage? Mm -hmm. The Sadducees, right? Uh, yeah, there was two main groups of Jews at that time, right? Sad exactly, Pharisees and Sadducees. Sometimes we can say they, the Sadducees, they were sad. Why were they sad? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. So they were sad. You see? You see? You see? <laughs> Sadducees. <laughs> sad, you see? Sadducees. Yeah, it's an easy way for us to remember. Um, the Sadducees' belief is that they didn't believe in the resurrection. And they didn't actually believe in angels either. They did not accept that. But Are they a Christian? Are they a Christian? They, well, they were, they were among the Jewish people, yeah. They were a, a division of the Jewish people at the time of Jesus. Yeah, they had basically divided into these two groups, Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, so they, they didn't follow many things uh, that were in the scriptures. Because actually the Bible does talk about the resurrection uh, from the book of Job even, which many consider to be the earliest book in the Bible. But they, they did not believe in that. There's a, there's a text, Job 19, <clears throat> verse 25. Let's take a look there. Job 19, verse 25. <clears throat> I've got page 779 in the Old Testament. Job. Yeah, Job chapter 19, <clears throat> verse 25. And maybe Ji Young, you have that one? Twenty-five. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Nineteen. Nineteen. Verse twenty-five. Mm -hmm. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand up. Okay. He says, I know that my Redeemer lives. 
my Savior lives. Were you able to find it there? 19 verse 5. Uh, 25. 25. Yeah. Okay. So Job here, he says this, I know that my Redeemer lives, my Savior lives, and that in the end he will stand upon the earth. Verse 26, And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Right? And he says in verse 20, 27, I myself will see him with mine own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Okay? So here is Job, and he says, I know my Redeemer lives. I know my God, my Savior, he lives. Right? And... Uh, he points out that he will stand, the Savior will stand um, on the earth at the end, right? And he says, verse 26, again, after my skin has been destroyed. In other words, after I die, after my body rots away, he says, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Right? In other words, there will be a resurrection of the body. I will come to life again. I'll be able to live again, and I'll be able to see God again, even with my own eyes, right? Um, I will see the Lord. I'll see my Redeemer, my Savior, right? This is what the word Redeemer is. He's a Savior, okay? So Job, he believes, he knows, okay? I will die, yes, okay? I will rest in the grave, uh, but I will resurrect. I will come to life again. I'll see God in my flesh. So the uh, Pharisees believed these teachings, uh, but the group of Sadducees did not believe that. Now the Bible also talks in many places about angels in the Old Testament. It talks about these spirits or talks about angels of God, the angel of the Lord. Oftentimes we find that all throughout the Old Testament. But the Sadducees, they did not believe in angels, right? So, in a way, we can see that the Pharisees, they were a much more conservative group in terms of what does the Bible teach? What, is the, what do the scriptures teach? Uh, the, the Sadducees, you might say, are a much more liberal type of group. Even though the scriptures said many things about angels, somehow they didn't believe in angels. You know? And even though the scriptures talked about a resurrection, somehow the Sadducees didn't believe in resurrection. Right? So there was this big division between these people, between these groups. And the Pharisees were very, um, very, you might say, strict about studying God's Word, studying the Bible, and okay, following what does the Scripture say. You know, so they believed, okay, if the Bible says it, we believe it. Right? And I think that's, of course, a good way for us as well. If the Bible says it, we should believe it. If it doesn't say, you know, then okay then maybe we don't have to believe it. But the Bible does tell us very clearly about many things. Yeah. So another place where you can find this division mentioned is in the New Testament in Acts uh, 23, verse 8. Mm This is the book that describes about the early Christian church and the activities that were going on, the early mission work in the, in the first century. Exodus? Not Exodus. No, this is Acts in the New Testament. New Testament. New Testament. Uh-huh. Korean name is Sadoheng Jong. Uh, Acts 
John, yeah. Sada Heng John. Okay. Chapter 23. And then we're looking here at verse 8. And it, uh, the author here gives some background. Okay, he gives some background about what do the Sadducees believe and what do the Pharisees believe, because there was a big conflict between them uh, here in uh, at this uh, trial of Paul. They begin they begin arguing back and forth. Twenty-three. Mm, twenty-three. Twenty-three. Yeah, twenty-three. Okay. And verse eight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection and that there are neither angels nor spirits, but the Pharisees acknowledge them all. Right? The Pharisees believe in all of this. So here we have another historical note um, in the book of Acts where they point out this difference between the, the belief of the Pharisees and the belief of the Sadducees. Now, uh, Jesus' belief in a number of respects was similar to the Pharisees, right? He did not believe like the Sadducees. Okay? Jesus was very much a person who lived by the Scripture. He lived by what the Word of God taught. And so uh, he was very clear about those things. And basically the Pharisees would have agreed with the teaching of Jesus on those points. And the Pharisees also would agree with the Christians on that point. Because after the time of Jesus when he was here and the Christian church began, yeah, the Christians, of course, they also believe in the resurrection. Jesus himself was resurrected. So it's the very center of the Christian faith. It's the very heart of the Christian faith. Yeah, obviously we believe in the resurrection. We've seen it happen. Jesus Christ was resurrected, right? So it was very, very important to Christians um, as well as to the Pharisees. Um, but the Sadducees did not um, believe After that. Some who believed, some who who uh, believed in Jesus, uh, they were willing to accept that. But other ones, just like the Pharisees, they rejected that completely. Yeah, they would say the same thing. Well, the disciples of Jesus came during the night and they stole away the body of Jesus. Of course, they cannot explain how the Roman guards were, you know, uh, they were there. And they say, well, the Romans fell asleep, the guards fell asleep, and the disciples came. Well, how do they know the disciples came? you know, if the guards were sleeping. And if the guards were sleeping, why weren't the guards punished? Why weren't they killed? You know, they should have been, but they weren't, right? So they cannot explain away everything, but they, they would like to. They try to explain it away. But the fact is, there was an empty tomb on Sunday morning, and Jesus was gone. He was resurrected. And the Bible tells us that, that many people saw him, you know, even, even up to 500 people uh, saw Jesus. These witnesses, they saw Jesus uh, after his resurrection. Yeah. Uh, and the disciples, all the disciples, they saw Jesus alive after... people saw him again? Saw Jesus, yeah, up to 500 people. First uh, Corinthians 15. If you read that chapter, First Corinthians 15, about the resurrection, it tells about how Christ rose again according to the scriptures and that he was seen by over 500 brethren at one time. After resurrection? Yeah. 
Um, not didn't go up to heaven directly, directly. Jesus spent about 40 days uh, still on the earth. Days. Yeah, yeah. He, what did he do for 40 days? He instructed his disciples with some final things. Uh, yeah. He didn't do the, his broad ministry to the public, but he instructed his disciples with some things. And uh, we'd actually, uh, we don't, based on the scripture, it looks like he didn't spend all of his time with them, but he saw them sometimes for a period of about 40 days. He came and he saw them and, and you know, visited with them a little bit and taught them some things. And then finally he left and they watched him ascend. Yeah. So Acts also talks about that. Okay, so basically this was the situation. Now when we look at the story of Mark and what happened here, you know, these Sadducees, they come to Jesus and they bring him this question about, uh, about marriage and the resurrection. And they say, okay, Jesus, if the resurrection is true, then uh, what happens in this case? Okay, so you imagine there's a man and he has, a, he has this uh, wife and then the man dies. But the woman didn't get pregnant. Mm. Now, according to Jewish law, they had a law written in the law of Moses. And if that happens, then the next brother in that family should, should marry the woman and uh, try to help her have a child, right? Mm. For, for the brother mm. to carry on his name and to carry on the family line, right? So, uh, yeah, if the older brother dies, okay, the, young, the next brother down, he should marry that woman and make a child for his brother and for the inheritance, right? Okay, so in their story, they say, okay, here, Jesus, this is what happens. So man marries, then he dies, but the woman doesn't have a child. So the next brother marries her. Okay, then he dies, but she doesn't have a child still. And the, all seven brothers, they marry the woman, and then they die. Right? And she has no child. Finally, she dies. Mm -hmm. So she had seven husbands, the brothers, right? Mm -hmm. Lawfully, she had them. So they said, okay, Jesus, in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Which brother? If she's resurrected and the brothers are resurrected, they all had her. They were all married to her. Mm -hmm. Right? So now, who should she be married to? Mm -hmm. Just the first one or the other ones who were married to her? This is their, their uh, reasoning and their situation. Now, maybe that could be a problem, right? Uh, also, think about even a modern case. Say, if a husband and wife marry, and then maybe the husband dies, or someone dies, one spouse, and then the person remarries, okay, and to another Christian. So then, you know, what happens at the resurrection? If they married two husbands during this lifetime, you know, then which husband should be theirs? Right, when they, when they resurrect to life again. Okay, so yeah, that, that's a good question, right? It could, be a, it could be a challenge or a problem, perhaps, perhaps, right? Uh, so they, they make a good point about that, um, but Jesus answers their point as well. And it says here, the, uh, Jesus replied, verse 24, Are you not in error because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God? When the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will be like the angels in heaven. So basically, uh, Jesus is saying they won't marry. The, the, in the resurrection, in heaven, things will be a little bit different, <coughs> right? They'll be a little different than before. And maybe God will have a good population of his people, and he won't need to have this uh, reproduction, 
right? But he says, huh? Well, you know, reproduction is having, you know, lots of children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, when we live in heaven, uh -huh. there's no marriage. That's what he says. Oh. Yeah. But yeah. How can we get a baby? Yeah. Well, I don't know if we're going to have babies. Maybe, maybe we won't. <laughs> we'll have to see exactly how things will be. Um, probably we don't have every single question on that point answered. But basically we have the words of Jesus and not just in Mark, but in, in Matthew and other, other Gospels, the same issue is talked about. Mm -hmm. Jesus talks about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, the same story is told. Okay. We will live a different life. It will be a little different, mm -hmm. yeah. But people will be happy. Okay, people will be happy. Uh, there's all sorts of stories, you know, as far as marriage goes. You know, some people are happy in their marriage, mm -hmm. and other people are not happy. Mm -hmm. Some people, they'll be glad when Jesus comes and be like, all right, we don't have to be, you know, married anymore. <laughs> um, other people are very happily married, right? And, you know, uh, somebody brought up the point, well, is Jesus going to hand, a, hand you divorce papers when you get to heaven? You know, he comes and he says, okay, well, you, you cannot be married anymore. Um, we don't know that he'll actually do that, right? Um, I think perhaps you can have a very uh, close friendship with with someone you love, always. Now, what does right? mean reproduction? Reproduction is having children. To reproduce is to have babies. Have babies. So in a family, in a marriage, is where you have babies. But still, we can reproduce my baby in heaven. If um, if there's no marriage, then it seems that you wouldn't have the basic. Uh, family unit, yeah, yeah, with uh, children, but we will be part of the family of God. That's something we have to understand: is that we will be part of the family of God, and the love in heaven is so much greater than any type of love we could ever experience on this earth, right? Yeah, the love of God is incredible, and the love that people have for each other is incredible. The support that one person has to another um, is amazing. Right? There's a very deep love uh, from, from all of God's people for others. So I think as far as feeling loved and experiencing love, uh, we will have very, very good relationships. And you can trust everybody in heaven. There's no lying, there's no hurting or backstabbing or greed or jealousy or pride or these evil things. Right? Um, but there is just pure love. Right? This is the atmosphere of heaven the society of heaven, right? It's so different from the way things are here on this earth. So our love and support, you know, is from the family of God, which is a very large family, <laughs> right? Um, so I think it'd be interesting, you know, uh, how, how all that works. But I know one thing, we'll be very, very happy, you know, in heaven. Yeah, some people wonder, how could I be happy without marriage? Especially young people, you know. Older people, some of them are like, oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, maybe you don't want to, you know, be stuck to the same person for, you know, eternity, eternity. You know, when you chose to marry in your 20s, you're only 20 years old or 30 years old, you know, and you chose to marry. Uh, yes. At that time, Jewish, Jewish believed that kinds of heaven. They they believe in heaven. Yeah. The way Jesus taught. Yeah. You said you, 
uh, you said uh -huh. heaven's condition. Uh -huh. So at that time, Jesus, she believed the kinds of heaven? Uh, they believed, yeah, they believed in, in heaven. Uh, or they believed in the, you know, resurrection, no, the afterlife. No exciting, no yeah, yeah, yeah. The book of Isaiah especially talks about that. There's many prophecies in Isaiah that talk about Zion, Mount Zion. They talk about God's, uh, after the Messiah comes, when God destroys all sin and sinners and God restores all things, uh, how, how beautiful it will be, how amazing. It says that the lion will, you know, um, eat straw or grass. You'll eat grass like the ox. So the lion will not eat other animals anymore. You know, and talks about how children can play with them. And there's no concern or worry that these animals will be dangerous to them. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm curious. Uh -huh. Why do you why do she obey this kind of family rule? They don't want to mix the another blood, right? Um, you mean oh, why they had the they want why? pure blood in family? Well, the, yeah, the family they wanted to preserve the family name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they wanted to preserve the family name, so so the next son would would marry to have. Basically, the first son should receive the inheritance, and his wife who now became a part of their family, should have uh, some blessing or inheritance from the family. But if there's no son uh, to... Is, is it uh, yeah. God's law, God's rule, or just Moses? Uh, it was written, it's in the writings of Moses. Um, God also approved of that situation. Yeah, yeah, because we can see uh, in the Old Testament where this happened with, uh, I cannot think of the guy's name, uh, it happened before with, with some people. In the book of Genesis, you can read the story. Um, I think it was... Why should they yeah. have a ch children, their own family? This was, well, I mean, they could have their own, their own f like the, the other brother can marry a wife, right, have their own wife. This is only in the case where the older brother died and there was no we child. To heaven, it doesn't useless, the bloodline. Yeah, that's not a that I think that wasn't the big concern. Mm -hmm. The concern was about inheritance. The concern was about just inheritance and passing on the the family name, right? Usually the firstborn son, you know, should receive like a special inheritance from the father. Mm -hmm. But if he had no child, you know, maybe the wife would just not receive any blessing. But she needed, they needed to be together, you know, with uh, someone passes on the family name. So that was important to them, that they should, they should do that. So finally, yeah. uh, she needed to remain. The woman she was... She doesn't have any baby and yeah. she died. Finally, yeah. Yeah. who can get an inheritance? Well, then... I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, every, if everyone died, mm -hmm. if everyone died, maybe they wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. So in, their situation is kind of hypothetical. Mm -hmm. It's not very likely. Mm -hmm. It's not very likely that it would happen that way. Mm -hmm. You know, but they're just saying, okay, if it happened like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, I believe it was, oh, ooh, I, maybe I cannot remember his name. I want to say Jacob, but that wasn't, that's not the right answer. 
as one of his sons. Okay, the tw- it was the 12, the 12 children of Jacob. One of his sons um, had this experience with his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's another story for another time. So, uh, here we have that uh, Jesus brings up this point to these guys. He says, first of all, you're mistaken. You err. You do not know the scriptures or the power of God. Mm-hmm. Right? He says to them. And then he says, okay, now he answers their question, basically, in a basic way, verse 25, when the dead rise, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, um, but they will be like the angels in heaven. Now, this statement is kind of like a a double, um, well, I don't know if you want to say it's a slap in the face, but the the, uh, Sadducees, okay, they didn't believe in the resurrection, but they also didn't believe in the angels, right? First of all, Jesus says the mistake here. The problem is you don't believe in the scriptures. You don't know the scriptures or the power of God. Because yes, there are angels. Yes, there are spirits. And yes, there is a resurrection. So when, when they resurrect, they'll be like the angels in heaven. Now, the, the Sadducees didn't even believe in the angels. So their, their mistake was here, it's even a double mistake. You know, Because how can they believe, how can they understand this if they don't even believe in angels? Right? Um, but Jesus points out, look, they'll be like the angels in heaven. They don't marry or give in marriage when they rise. Now that answers the question. That answers the problem, the main problem in their question. right? And then he says, now about the dead rising, he addresses it more specifically. Have you not read in the book of Moses in the account of the bush how God said to him, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. How, uh, sorry, you are badly mistaken. You're badly mistaken. Now this quote, uh, when God identified himself to Moses, he says, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac. And so what, is it, what does Jesus mean when he says uh, that God is not the God of the dead, but of the living? Because we know that these guys have all died in history. You know, they experience death, right? So, what does Jesus mean that he is the God of the living? Well, let's take a look at uh, Luke. Let's go in our Bibles to the book of, of Luke. And let me find here this verse. Okay, Luke 20 and verse 38. Luke 20. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Okay, Luke 20. 20? Yeah. Yeah, chapter 20, chapter 20, and verse 38. What page? Okay, I've got page 131 in the New Testament. New Testament. New, New Testament, not the old. Here, page 131, so you need to go forward. Yeah. Uh, okay. Luke 20 and verse 38. Yeah. Okay, now this is another place where it talks about the same issue. Okay, this gospel tells the same story. And, and you can see the quote from just previously. He says that uh, Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. That's verse 37. Now verse 38. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living for to him all are alive, right? In other words, God considers people who are saved as if they're alive, 
even though they're dead. You know, uh, when Jesus talked about his friend Lazarus who had died, his friend Lazarus got sick and died. That's in John chapter 11. When Jesus talked about him, he said, "Our friend Lazarus sleeps. He sleeps." Jesus didn't use the word death. He used the word sleep. Right? And his disciples even thought, they said, well, if he's sleeping, he'll be okay, right? Yeah. So, you know, death is like a sleep until the resurrection. Right? So Jesus says, well, you know, they're, they're sleeping. Um, so perhaps we could say Christians don't die, they just sleep. <laughs> and they're waiting for the resurrection to come. You know, for that, that morning when Jesus will awake every person, you know, who has died. Uh, so God considers it like this. It says, to him, all are alive. He considers people as if they're alive. They're just sleeping. They're dead, yes, but they're sleeping until the resurrection. And so that's, that's the point that Jesus makes. Um, he's not the God of the, of the dead, but of the living. Um, these men, they have received the gift of eternal life. You know, they will experience it at the resurrection. You know, but they already have that gift. So Jesus says they're not, they're not dead, they're just sleeping, right? That's how he considers his followers. He says, all live unto him. And so I think that helps us to understand clearly about the words of Jesus in this case. And maybe this brings us to the uh, point where we should close our lesson. Uh, but do you have any, any final question about this uh, section before we finish? We'll finish for today and then we'll pick it up tomorrow from verse 28. But any question about this passage before we finish? So, uh, Jesus uh, mentioned your yeah. question is has an error. Mm. An error? So, yeah. So, uh, uh, there's no answer. I can't answer about your question. That is... Basically, I mean, he does answer. He says, yeah, first of all, you are greatly mistaken. He didn't make a decision about the question. Jesus didn't make a... Well, about their, about their argument or their disagreement, Okay, about the brothers, he says, well, the, see, in the resurrection, they do not marry, and they're not given in marriage, mm. right? So it's not a problem, okay, about the husbands that she had or that he had. That doesn't matter because they're going to be like the angels in heaven. But still, people dying, all of his brothers, uh -huh. the, the last one have, should marry the, with the first two brothers' wife. Yeah. Uh -huh. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in the resurrection they won't have to worry about that. Yeah, is what Jesus is saying. So um, he answers their question, but maybe they don't they don't like his answer. Probably some of them, you know, because he even mentions how they're like the angels in heaven. Uh, so unless the unless these people believe and understand those basic teachings of Scripture, it'll be hard for them to understand how the resurrection is supposed to work, because they don't really accept the basic teachings of God. So that's a challenge, right? And Jesus is pointing out this great mistake or challenge. He They'd give a ch uh, chance to believe uh, on resurrection? Well, in resurrection? yeah, they needed to believe in the resurrection because it's, it's real, it's true, you know? Um, but Jesus basically says, you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. They think that God is too weak. They think of a person that dies, you know, how can they be resurrected? How can they come to life? Right. See, they don't know the power of God. They don't understand God's great power. Because they, sometimes maybe they're thinking that God is like a man. Now, a human being cannot resurrect another human being. If you die, we cannot help you. 
Only God can help you, right? So they were limiting the power of God. They underestimate the power of God. They don't believe that God can truly give life to someone who has died. Jesus says, you don't know the power of God, and you don't know the scriptures, right? Even those Sadducees, uh, they, <coughs> they knew, they understand that he is a Messiah? Uh, I think they had not accepted him as that, um, as far as the leadership goes. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as individual people went, uh, certainly, I believe there were. That's why they mm-hmm. believe in God's uh, ability. Yeah, they doubted many things. Mm-hmm. They only thought he's a uh, Christian leader, a Jewish leader, uh-huh. religious leaders. Uh-huh. Religious leaders. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so they may not have accepted him as Messiah. Now, many of the Pharisees here, they did not either, right? Uh-huh. They didn't. They, they did not believe Jesus was Messiah, but other ones did. And this is also the people, they heard him gladly. Yeah. So I think as we continue, we'll see more of these, um, these ideas uh, being presented. Yeah. Yeah. Just only this sentence I can understand, but you uh, suggested uh, that uh, yeah. Yeah, another uh-huh. sentence I can understand. Uh-huh. Right. It's very helpful to compare. No, helpful. Yeah. This is a simple sentence. Hmm. No, I can hard to understand. Uh huh. God is role. Oh yeah. God is not role. God is power. Mm hmm. But. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes it's very helpful to compare. Uh, what do the scriptures say yes. in some different places, and especially even this story. You know, it's mentioned in the different gospels, and and if we only just took those words, we might not understand exactly the meaning, but when we compare it to how it's recorded in the other gospel, it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, very good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's have a prayer then and, uh, and thank the Lord for His blessing. Yeah. Okay. Our Father in Heaven, we thank You so much for this morning. We thank You, Lord, for the things we can learn here together from the Bible. And we pray that uh, the teaching of Scripture would be clear in our minds. Help us, Lord, to know uh, your, your true teaching. Help us to, to know how we can have faith in you and also how we can believe your words and we can understand about your great power. Uh, Lord, help us to be those who experience the gift of everlasting life uh, through your Son, Jesus Christ. And please be with us today so that we can experience your peace in our lives. Help us uh, through this day to be safe and to do things that will bring uh, honor to your name. For this we thank you and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.